You are listening to the Rick McGinnis Show podcast, where Rick and his guests talk all things affiliate program management. No topics are off limits. Want to learn proven tips and strategies to grow an affiliate program? Look no further. On today's episode, Rick talks to Brooke Schaff of FMTC about why coupon sites have a negative connotation, why brands should work closer and develop specific strategies for them, and how FMTC is helping merchants streamline the coupon distribution process. Not familiar with Brooke? He is a longtime affiliate marketer, having first joined the industry as an in-house program manager at Zappos.com, followed by stints at Shoes.com and Edmunds.com, before co-founding an agency that became Shop Partner-Centric. He is also co-founder of FMTC, which he runs today. Now here's your host, Rick McGinnis. Enjoy the interview. Welcome back to the Rick McGinnis Show. Uh, my name is Rick, and today my guest is Brooke Schaff from uh, For Me To Coupon. Brooke, how are you doing this morning? Hi, Rick. Good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. So I appreciate you coming on and, and talking about coupons. There are many misconceptions with uh, coupons and coupon affiliates within the affiliate marketing space, and I'm hoping that we can dispel some of those um, misconceptions and myths about them as well. Sounds good to me. So uh, so just give me a little bit of background about um, who you are, how you got started in the industry, and then, uh, then we'll get into the uh, talk here. Yeah. So it's 2020. I've been in the industry about 20 years, <laughs> having started at a very young Zappos.com right out of college. I took to affiliate marketing like a duck to water. I uh, had a couple stints later at shoes.com and edmunds.com uh, detour. And then my brother and I started an agency uh, that became Shaw Partner Centric and was sold. It'll have been uh, three years this May. And I also am the co-founder of FMTC, which got started at the end of 2007. So we've had a nice long run uh, with uh, exciting things to come in the future. That is my professional background in a nutshell. Now, I, I apologize if I misspoke do you guys only go by FMTC now or do you still go by for me to coupon? No, that's a fair question. So we are for me to coupon is a little bit of a long name, you know, kind of came, there's a little story on our website. It, it came from an old skit that Conan O'Brien used to have and it fit pretty well. And it was a lot of fun, but most everybody knows us as FMTC. And as we sort of expanded our offerings, we sometimes say it's uh, for, for me to compete, but uh, we're definitely still very much tied to coupons and deals. So uh, for me, the coupon works just fine, uh, as does FMTC. Got it. Understood. Um, when you were creating uh, FMTC, like, what was your thought process on actually creating it? Like, Why did you decide to go this route versus another avenue? So FMTC is the brainchild of a woman named Connie who had a coupon site at the time and saw a lot more competitors coming into the space. She couldn't stop the competitors from coming in. But she knew that it was hard to handle all the coupon data, so she could sell them their uh, pickaxes, as it were. And that was a great idea. Uh, she partnered with us to um, build the business, uh, and she left along the way, uh, as did my, my brother, who was one of the partners too. And so I've been running the, the business for uh, the last three or so years, two and a half to three years. Got it. So yeah, there was definitely um, a need in the market, and you guys capitalized on it. Correct. As a former agency owner, you know that when you work with clients, um, one of the first things out of their mouths, I don't want to work with coupon sites. I don't want them in my program. They they don't add value. 
be devil's advocate. Tell me, tell me why coupon sites are, are good for the program and, and what kind of value they bring. Jumping straight to the big question, the, uh, the perennial issue. So I can actually be an advocate for both sides, I think. I've definitely heard the merchant side. I've definitely heard the affiliate side. And we sell, you know, we distribute the deals from the merchants to the affiliates today. So the um, this has been around for, uh, gosh, at least 15 years, probably longer as an issue. And there is just so much to say about it. Uh, I think we could probably start by describing the criticism. Uh, you know, in a nutshell, the criticism tends to be that the customer uh, goes to the merchant page, uh, is ready to check out. Uh, leaves the merchant page to visit another website, uh, finds a coupon or not, and then comes and completes their transaction on the merchant page. And so the sense of some affiliate managers or um, uh, say executives at the merchant would be, hey, uh, we would have got this order anyway. And um, then it kind of becomes a question of, well, hey, can we measure incrementality? Can we measure if we would have gotten it anyway or not, uh, et cetera. And I think that uh, the criticism is a reasonable place to start. I think that all channels should uh, be subject to similar criticism. That's a topic we can maybe get into a little bit later. As far as the coupon stuff goes, I, I think if you look at it, the customers or some segment of the customers know that there are coupons out there or deals to be had. And when they shop at your store, um, they may be shopping because they really want to work with you or buy something from you. Or it may be more likely probably that you just happen to have what they're looking for. And so these deals, and deals is kind of a more umbrella term because it includes category sales, maybe give with purchase, sometimes free shipping offers, et cetera. Uh, you know, these deals are a big incentive to, to the visitor. They might get them to come to your site in the first place. And so if you are not offering those deals, there's no guarantee that there's going to be a conversion event. I think a really important point to remember here is that nobody has a 0% sh- shopping cart abandonment rate, you know, not even Amazon. Speaking of whom, if somebody... Uh, veers away from your site and they don't come back, the most likely reason would be that they probably picked up and found it on Amazon Prime, maybe also for the best price. So the uh, environment is very healthy, but it's also very competitive in terms of uh, online sales. So I think that it behooves uh, any serious merchant to avail themselves of all available information and to implement technologies to have as much information available as possible and to work closely with um, the deal publishers that they work with, including the rewards guys, the coupon guys, and other guys, to craft the best deals for their audiences. Because they have got eyeballs aplenty, and the the users that they have are uh, very active shoppers. And if you put a little bit of effort into it, you should be able to come up with very palatable deals that work well for you as a merchant and work well for the customer. So for example, you can uh, offer a really nice deal, but it only kicks in on a certain um, high average order. So, you know, it's uh, off of $100 or $200 when your average card is, say, you know, $75 or $125, that kind of thing. So there is a lot more money that you can make by working closely with the the coupon partners. And I think you're uh, doing yourself a bit of a disservice if you refuse to work with them uh, on a blanket manner. And frankly, I think it's a bit lazy on the part of the affiliate manager as well. Yeah, that that's um, what I get to is I I've, I see that the the effort isn't put into building a relationship with these coupon deal affiliates. They just are automatically thrown into the bucket of they're bad. We're not working with them. Let's move on. We want content stuff like that. Yeah, and it's silly, you know, because a coupon affiliate is not at all easy to define. You know, for example, if you look at um, some of the guys out of Europe that do the out-of-the-box uh, coupon sites, which are kind of, you know, combination sub-affiliate network uh, and uh, display solution, 
uh, you know, like an affiliate side agency, really. Coupons.cnn.com was popping up quite strongly in the SERPs last year. That seems to have died down a little bit because Google made a change, but I think most people wouldn't consider them to be a uh, coupon site. And then there's always the opportunity that they start to integrate uh, deals uh, into and links into uh, their content uh, more actively, which is something you see with you know BuzzFeed and a lot of those uh, big guys. What they call content commerce is very active. Uh, there's a lot of interest to get coupons into those sites. Are those sites then coupon sites? You might say, well, they're going to bring me new users, but you know, are they really bringing you new users? Um, if somebody's an active shopper, they really might not uh, be a new user, but they still could well be a profitable customer for you to have. And so do you want to show those guys a coupon? Well, you probably do. If it's um, going to make you money, kind of bring the customer back to your site, keep them away from competitors, especially from Amazon. So it's really important to remember that those guys are not necessarily easy to define. And a lot of them also work with very particular uh, communities that are difficult to access uh, otherwise. Some of them are private. You know, some of them are, are sort of like uh, certain language groups, foreigners you're doing transshipping for. The reward site definitely comes into the equation. The reward sites typically host, uh, host coupons. So um, you really just can't say, I don't work with coupon sites, at least not easily. Yeah, well, so, and then it gets into the, you start going into digging a hole and you don't know where it's going to go, where even content producers, they offer coupons to their visitors as well. So within the blog post for for whatever blog it is, it's, it's like for, for these visitors, you use coupon code, whatever, and get 10% off your order. So are they coupon affiliates too? So it's, again, you're right. You can't really distinguish who is a coupon affiliate and who is not. It's becoming more of a, gray area. Oh yeah. And the, you know, the review sites will post them if they can. And at the end of the day, people respond to those, those deal incentives. Now, now going back to your um, agency mindset for all the affiliate managers and brands that are going to be listening to this, what would be your one piece of advice to give coupon affiliates and coupon sites a chance? Just tell them why you should at least test. You know, why you should test is a pretty clear case, right? You, you don't want to leave money on the table. You don't want traffic that could be going to you, going to competitors. Uh, you want to have as many roads leading into your site as possible. And so if somebody's considering doing this, I would say, hey, first take stock of what your budget is. And I don't mean you know, like your media spend budget there. I mean, hey, what's your uh, technical infrastructure? What new technical changes can you make, et cetera? Way back when we had the agency, we would get this complaint a lot from our clients. And at, at the time, a lot of new technologies had come out you know, uh, impact, then impact radius, uh, share sale. Most of the network actually had uh, something or other along these lines. And we said, well, hey, if you do an advanced integration, uh, which why impact came to mind first because they had a, um, you know, the tag manager and, and stuff before other companies did, we can very uh, granularly create new commissioning rules. We can communicate those rules to the publishers. They should, of course, always be communicated to your partners. It's not fair to um, have it be a black box. Uh, and then you can make these adjustments that you want. And what we found was a lot of the uh, clients that we worked with balked at doing that. And the thought on our side was, well, look, if this is important enough for you to complain about all the time, then it really should be important enough for you to get something in the dev queue and um, uh, get that implemented. Now, we eventually did see uh, a lot of traction along those lines and a lot of interesting findings were revealed. Uh, so for example, uh, and this is going off on a, a little tangent, but the story was interesting. We had one client that did their own coupon page, which ranked well uh, in, in the SERPs. Um, you know, it was like merchant name slash, uh, slash coupons. But interestingly, the, the conversion rate was not as strong and um, the average order size was lower. 
So, uh, you know, it's not just sort of like, the, I think the hunt for the coupon is a whole part of the buying process for the customer. And because it's part of their buying process as the merchant, you want to be in that buying process. So don't forget, you have a lot of levers you can pull on. You can change the commission rate. You can change the commission rules. You can integrate different sort of technologies. You can definitely change the deals you're getting out to those partners. They want to work with you. And so I would say, hey, you know, see what all the parameters are, see what resources you have at your disposal, and then see what you can do with that. And it's going to be quite a lot, which is, you know, one reason affiliate management is such time intensive work. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, um, that's one thing trying to get brands to understand is that you don't have to just go in with coupons and, and do it a specific way. You can customize it, give them a special rate, give them um, like a different plan and plan of attack for them to promote it and then test it. It's, it's what it comes down to is testing. If it doesn't work I and mean, you realize after a few months, just move on and it's, it's, it's not a big deal. It's as long as you give it a shot. That's, that's what I like to tell brands is just try it. Just don't, don't just throw it out immediately. I, that's, that's my biggest um issue I have is that they just don't even give it a shot. Oh yeah. And you know, it's a little bit ironic, I think, because the same level of scrutiny is not applied to other advertising channels, you know, paid pay search, for example, uh, display advertising, uh, et cetera. And so I think that affiliate actually stands up quite well when, when scrutiny is applied. Um, but you know, that scrutiny might be a bit of work. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's, it's, it's the job of the affiliate manager or the agency to, to guide them and let them know that they, they have the experience and they recommend just testing and, and just follow their lead and see what happens. But um, no, I appreciate going into detail on this. It's a very important issue and I, I see it every day. And I actually just had a client, they only want a coupon to be applied to specific coupon affiliates, but the offer is not valid for any of the other affiliates, like the content producers, which I thought was odd, but um, I'm working with them to get it to be a a general coupon for the program, but we're going to be paying the coupon affiliates less than than what would be produced for the content producers. So I'm I'm making headway there with them in terms of like a customized strategy, but it's, it's been, it's been a few months of trying. So it's just a matter of getting them information that they need and, and telling them that it's okay to test. That That's the bottom line to this whole thing. Yeah. You know, I think that the negativity around the coupon uh, space uh, in, as part of affiliate uh, has been so strong that as an industry, we're actually really not where we should be in terms of getting deals out there, which is something that FMTC, as you might imagine, is hoping to help with for, um, you know, the coupon stuff, the merchants should really work as closely as possible. Those partners, you know, if you can have a custom uh, landing page, if you can have the coupon track back to that publisher and then deploy those to a lot of different publishers, those are really uh, going to be big pluses. Uh, and then do testing. Ideally, share your testing data with the publishers. They might have some interesting insights that you had not considered. Uh, but, I, you know, overall, I would say try and bring it in as a closer relationship. And, you know, you are always going to be in a good position as the merchant to say like, look, you know, this is not, relationships not working out for us uh, financially. Uh, the publisher might have some some insights there. Or, you know, it could be that if the publisher has inventory on their site um, and it's just not worth as much to you, it's it's worth more to somebody else who's, who's going to um, be willing to pay for that. Note that, you know, most of the big coupon and reward sites do command paid placements, uh, at least in Q4. So I think that's a signal of the, uh, of the value that is uh, inherent in those uh, properties. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's definitely uh, a subject that we can probably talk about for for hours. So now getting into what FMTC does, um, 
for the, for those who are not familiar with it, how does it work and how do you integrate with brands and, uh, and help them get their deals out there? FMTC has integrations with all the major networks in um, the, the US, UK, and Australia, and Canada, so the major English-speaking uh, markets in the world. And what we do is join each merchant program. So we have about 14,000 merchants that we are joined to. We ingest all the deals that come in from the feeds that the networks have. And the value add that we create is that we test, normalize, and distribute that data because the data comes in pretty dirty, frankly. Uh, because, you know, it comes from 14,000 different merchants. And so um, the links that come out through our system are all, one, approved for the affiliate channel, which is important because sometimes merchants disqualify the deals that are posted or not, even if the deal is grabbed from their homepage, which I think is maybe not really fair, but each merchant has their own policy. And if you're working with thousands of merchants, it's uh, you know hard to navigate all that stuff. So we have, you know, about 160,000 to 180,000 deals in our system at a given time. Uh, they're constantly changing, you know, they're constantly expiring. Uh, they constantly need to be, be updated. Sometimes they're evergreen deals and the merchant doesn't change and we have to go back and test that. So we really uh, provide great quality deal content to our subscribers who are enterprise publishers. So we work with most of the major enterprise deal coupon loyalty publishers in the US as far as we're able to tell. Okay. And then how do you um, work with brands and agencies? Like how does, how does that relationship work? So brands and agencies can access their programs. They can sort of claim their program within our um, account management system. And then um, they can interface with our uh, staff uh, to make sure that their deals are getting deployed, the deals are uh, being handled properly. Uh, we actually sell premium service to expedite the deal processing. So it goes through our, our queues by uh, software and human processing. And so uh, we have really great um, feedback that we got. We actually just did a voice of the customer survey in terms of um, reliability of getting their deals deployed. Because if you have a deal, you know you want to get it out there and on all the publisher sites. And some of our clients actually only uh, work with merchants that uh, use FMTC. That's interesting. The, the service that you that, that you offer is is unique, and in, in what I find is that you get lumped in with those coupon affiliates that they don't want to work with you because when I I see uh, a lot of times like you're in the decline pile of, of applications, which they, they, they see the word um, coupon and then they just, they just throw you away, but they, they don't understand that you're more than, you're not even a coupon site. You're, you're just helping them get their deals out to the, the right partners and, and having it be showcased in, in, in the right manner. Yeah. And sometimes we actually just help to get the links uh, delivered irrespective of a deal being uh, attached so yeah, there definitely is education on our part. Uh, thankfully, the agencies pull for us, the networks pull for us, and so we're usually able to have that conversation and have been able to get into uh, even difficult to um, get into merchant programs. Yeah, no, I I know this uh, this whole coupon thing. I, I can probably do a a month series on it. It's it's so fascinating to different angles we can take on this. But I want to go a different route right now and. Um, in, in talking to you beforehand, you, you you mentioned that you live out with a bunch of chickens and I wanted to just get more of, of, of the personal side of uh, Brooke and to see what that story is all about with your chickens and what you do with them and, and that type of thing. Yeah. So my wife and I used to live plunk in the middle of downtown Austin and we had an interesting uh, detour year where we lived in um, Puerto Rico. And when we came back and uh, thought we were going to move into the suburbs, we opted instead for the country. So we are way out, um, almost an hour outside of Austin, and outside of a city called Dripping Springs in the country. 
And um, we decided to take a crack at chickens, which I had never done before. You know, I don't think I'd ever touched a chicken in my life, that, not one that was living anyway. And um, it's been a lot of fun. So we've gone through a few generations because the chickens don't make it out in the country forever. There are a lot of predators around. Oh, yeah. um, and right now we've got a fairly small batch of, of silkies and a couple too many roosters, but they are very entertaining creatures. You uh, might hear a cock crow in the back of this podcast. Uh, and so they're, they're fun, fun to have. And it's nice to have the eggs. Do you keep chickens as well? No, I, I, I have, um, a bird species. I have a bunch of homing pigeons. No way. Yeah. I, I race them in the, in the spring and summertime in New Jersey. I I'm in a club and I race the pigeons. I have about, I have a lot right now. I have probably about 60 of them in, in a shed that I built into a coop for them. And, uh, yeah, I train them. I most of mine have been out to Pittsburgh and back, and they, uh, yeah, they race just about every weekend, spring, summer. That is great. Do they know the mechanism? Do they understand how the homing pigeons are able to do that? It's funny. They, the homing pigeons have been used forever, like in the war, world wars, and all that stuff to send messages, but no one has figured out exactly how they can figure out how to get places. Interesting. Yeah. So you know, the- I train them as babies. Like I train them in the, in my backyard. I let them let them loose and they stay around. And then I just take them progressively farther and farther away. And they they always find their way back. Of course, you have some that that are are not as smart as the others and they don't come back. But for the most part, I have most of them come back. And and yeah, they're they're just fun to be around. I I go out there and with my kids and we 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 make like a little family uh, time out of it and. It's it's good. Uh, it's it's like stress relieving too. I go out there and they, I can just watch them all day. They're they're very fascinating. That is great. You know, it's funny. The old owners of this house were, were uh, pretty eccentric. The, the wife was an artist, and they moved to France, and they now live in a castle that has uh, little coveys or, or whatever they're called for the pigeons that built into it. It's 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 funny because. Um, like I, I, when I started doing this a few years ago, I'm like, oh, they're they're just birds, but I, I become attached to them, and like you, you get you get upset when the one that you like doesn't come home, or or unfortunately, a, a hawk will get it and rip it to shreds, and that's that's always not a good scene. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it with the chickens; the the hawks are horrible. You know, we have not lost one of my guys. One of my developers has chickens, and I think he's lost a couple to hawks. I am not aware that uh, any bird of prey has taken out one of our chickens. Um, I think what we have is. Well, I thought it was raccoons and foxes, and we definitely see foxes and find piles of feathers. Yep. But uh, somebody else told me it might be a weasel, and I've never yeah, seen yeah, a weasel. Yeah. Yeah, they, they're big. Yeah, they, uh, they like to pop the heads off. That's funny, yeah, because we find them headless sometimes, which is a bit gruesome. Yeah, I've seen, uh, I've seen pictures of people that I, that I know that do the pigeons, and the weasels will go into the coop and literally kill every bird, rip every head off, and then do nothing with them. It's, it's very strange. Yes, weasels are uh, not friendly. No, but uh, no, I, we we just went off on a, a little tangent there. But I just I had to just talk to you about that because yeah, birds are, are one of my one of my side projects. I love to to be around them, and it seems like you you do too. Uh, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. As a previous agency owner, you dealt with um, many many clients. And what would be your one piece of advice to an affiliate manager, a new experience that could help them? grow their affiliate program in the near future? You know, I would say it's the kind of stuff you're doing. It's a uh, hustle, not quite hustle and flow, but like hustle and scale. You know, you, you got to hustle, make the relationships in the space, and then know that you're going to work with more people than you have time to uh, or opportunity to have face-to-face relationships with. 
so you know, use tools. So um, there's uh, a lot of tools out there to help you uh, with all the work stuff that you are doing and anything that's important to you. So if it's recruitment or if it's the reporting component or if it's compliance, or of course for us, if it's deal deployment, you know, you, you want to keep in mind that um, you only have so much of your time available in a day. Uh, and also the, the people you're working with only have so much time too. So if you can push um, a lot of stuff toward software, um, that's going to be a win for everybody. And then you just got to be systematic about it because, again, there's a lot of opportunity, but it, it is a lot of work and it is time intensive. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's the biggest thing I, I see is brands don't realize how much time is needed to grow an affiliate program. When they start it, they, they just think they'll just set it and forget it. And and uh, yeah, that's probably the worst thing you could possibly do with an affiliate program. And uh, then come the agencies to go try and help them and they find out that they haven't touched the affiliate program in six months and they wonder why no sales are coming through. So you, you, you know the whole story. Oh yeah, it's so discouraging when you, when you email and there's no response. But you know, we have to email merchants all the time because there's, there's bad stuff with their deals. Like the, the coupon doesn't work, right? Yep. So we got to email them and some get back to us, but a lot don't. And you know, there shouldn't, if people should not be asleep at the switch, the program's not going to grow. And then also if nobody is, is minding it, this is not quite so true for uh, a retail program. Cause if, if you get um, somebody like bidding on your trademarks, those are still real orders, but you know, for a lead program, you can lose your shirt if people are defrauding you. And that by the way, is also true of other channels. You just really have to, you know, monitor what's going on. Well, and it also comes down to you got to have the right tools and there's, there's software out there that can help you prevent that from happening. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big brand Verity advocate. Yeah. Their stuff is great. We used to use them. Brooke, I appreciate you uh, jumping on with me, talking coupons about what FMTC does. And I, I know you have something, uh, something special for, for the listeners to take action on. So I'll, I'll leave you to explain it. Yeah. So speaking of tools, we have a partnership with Trackonomics on the reporting side. And so the first three listeners who reach out will get a um, free one month subscription to their reporting package for merchants, uh, which is really powerful uh, software. And we'll throw in um, premium processing for uh, a month for those three as well for anybody new uh, coming out. Great. That is good to hear. Um, So if you're looking to... uh simplify your life uh, with, with deals and um, in reporting and tracking, definitely look into this offer. Um, Brooke, uh, how can they get a hold of you? You know what? Just email me directly. It's Brooke, B-R-O-O-K at fmtc.co. So that's dot C-O, not dot com. That's funny because my, my domain for my agency is a dot co and I always still type in dot com. You know, uh, we've gotten used to it, as you might imagine, but um, .com has gotten more popular and it's um, kind of nifty. Um, I think uh, some of the, the .coms are kind of uh, long since squatted on. So people got their .ios and .cos and, and whatnot. And yeah, works just fine. I appreciate you jumping on today, talking about this, and uh, we will be in touch soon. Great. Thanks, Rick. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. We want to hear what you thought about this episode. You can email Rick directly at rick at bearcatmedia.com or leave a review where you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe because new episodes will be released every Wednesday. Thank you for listening to the Rick McGinnis Show podcast. Never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and wherever podcasts are available. To learn more about Rick, go to the rickmcginnisshowpodcast.co.com.